Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we're in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit cmascolonialhonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. And welcome, everybody. Thursday edition of the Sports King and... You got me in a mood today, Tampa Bay. I was all about raising up today, as they say down there in Tampa, with the Rays who love the stadium, love the team, small market, enjoy it a lot. But I can tell you this, they really got me this morning. Of course, yesterday, the situation with the discussion about the 50-50 split on revenue, it didn't sit well with some people. One of them, Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay Rays, a pitcher. And normally I wait till the second half of the show to vent on a royal rant, but I can't wait. We're starting off with a royal rant, and here we go. Hit it, Ben. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Royal Rant. What is on the mind of His Royal Highness? What sports figure, team, or player has raised the ire of His Majesty? Is it sports-related, or is there something else in the kingdom that has him ready to vent his displeasure? Without further ado, here is the Sports King with the Royal Rant. So upset this morning when I take my Tampa Bay Ray stuff, go out and burn it. That's how upset I am. This is on you, Blake Snell. You got me ticked off this morning. Welcome, everybody, Sports King Nation. And we're in the midst of a rant right now because Blake Snell, yesterday on his Twitch channel, in talking about returning to baseball, hey, don't worry about us as Americans. Don't worry about giving us something to smile about, something to look forward to. No, that's not the way they think there, of course, You've got two sides of a coin, but let's take Blake Snell and the player side from his standpoint. He explained with the inherent risk of injury in addition to the coronavirus, players should not take any deal while also critiquing the argument that baseball should return for society's sake. Heck with society. What's society about? 
Blake Snell. Don't worry about us. We haven't had baseball or any sports for 64 days, but that's okay. Don't come back for America. Don't do it for Americans who've been there for you every single year, every single ball game. He went on to say, very eloquently, I'm not splitting no revenue. I want all mine. Bro, you got to understand, you're all like, play for the love of the game. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with us, Blake? I'll tell you what's wrong with us. You got people busting their tails every day. People stocking shells, driving cross country, doing things every day. Uh, Frontline folks in the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs, everybody out here doing what they can to survive and get through life. And we want to see the national pastime. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with you, Jack? What's wrong with you? You're making $50 million on a contract. You got to slum along for $7 million annually. Hey, man, I'm feeling your pain. He went on to say, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it shouldn't be a thing? It should be 100% a thing. If I'm playing, I should be getting paid what I signed to play for. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half on top of the 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting 25% on top of that. It's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? I'm not making blank. Well, hang on, Blake. Hang on one second while I get my hanky out, blank. You on Facebook Live can see this as I dab my tears for Blake Snell. Listen, Jack, take the hill, pitch the ball, do what you got to do, and be a part of the solution. Help us out. Put sports back. Now, I'm all for you saying you're not getting what you're getting, but tell that to the folks out here busting their tails 40 hours a week. The driver's going cross-country to deliver food. What about all the people out here doing the thing every day that they do, just trying to hang on and have something to look forward to, but because you can't make your $50 million contract and it's not every penny and maybe for a short abbreviated time before we figure this out, there's going to be less fans, less money. You're going to have to take one for the team. But no, Blake Snell, I'm not going to do that. He says, I'm not making this. This sucks. And let me tell you something, Blake Snell. All you guys out there, ownership has to give Players have to give. It's got to be mutual. And you guys aren't going to make what you're used to making. It's a fact. Because guess what? If I'm an owner, I can't pay you if no one's in the stands, if you're playing without fans. Now, I do understand there's a risk, obviously. But they're taking the bubble aspect approach and going to test everybody every day, and they're going to put you in the safest environment possible. Now, could it be possible? You could potentially catch something? Sure. So for that, I understand that side of the coin. But let me say this. You're originally set to make $7 million in 2020 as part of your five-year, $50 million uh, contract. So if all the money's gone, I'm now risking my life, he said. If I get the virus, guess what happens then? That stays with me forever. That's in my body forever. The damage was done to my body. It's going to be there forever. Y'all got to understand, Blake Snell said, for me to take a pay cut, it's not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay. Yeah, man, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay? That's just the way it is for me. I'm sorry if you guys think differently, but the risk is way higher and the money I'm making is way lower. So why would I think about doing that? So I'm sorry. Yeah, you are sorry. And let me tell you something. I don't care if you ever play again. Because you take some of these minor league guys that would love to be in your place, in your position. They would do it. They want to do it. 
and you're blessed to be in that position, my man. Don't get me wrong. There is an inherent risk, which I understand. But for you to sit there and say, I'm not getting mine, so I'm not going to give anything back to the game that's been so good to you and the people that have been so good to you, absolutely, to me, unforgivable. I look at this from a standpoint of this. He went on to say, after thinking about his comments, well, I guess some people could interpret that as greed. You think? It's greed from the word go, my man. Think about somebody else maybe. Yes, you might have to take one for the team and play maybe in a different way for a different time. This is unprecedented. Dating back to 1917, the Spanish flu. No one's been through this. But for the folks out there listening on Sports 106.1, watching on Facebook Live, people that are around the country working right now, wherever you're working, and you've got your face mask on and you're trying to get through the day and you're grinding it out, putting yourself on the line out there, maybe at the bank, maybe at the grocery store, maybe in your big rig driving, delivering the goods for UPS or FedEx or any of the delivery service, the UPS, uh, you know, it's, United States Post Service, we are looking at this from a standpoint of, hey, it's okay for everybody else to give, but Major League Baseball, we can't give from a player standpoint. We can't give from an ownership standpoint. We're going to draw that hard line. And I'm telling you right now, folks, from my perspective, if a player says and a team says and players as a whole say, you know, we're not coming back because guess what? This isn't about the coronavirus as much to me, and I don't think as I read these comments to you, it's a money grab, folks. I'm not getting mine. He said it as clear as day. I'm not getting mine. 50 mil. My $7 million. I need every penny of that. I mean, how can you slum along and expect me to get mine on 7 million or less? I might get, I think they said something like 1.75. My God, I hope he wouldn't be put through that. How could we expect him to pitch every five days and make 1.75 million and get by? The travesty. It's unbearable, Blake. My heart bleeds for you. Are you kidding me? Sometimes you have to look beyond the dollars and say, yes, this is something no one saw coming. We have it now. We're dealing with it. And you have an opportunity to help restore something America needs more than anything else right now. A chance to watch a game, enjoy themselves, get off of work for those first responders and doctors and nurses that may have a favorite team that want to go home and just sit down, have a beverage and watch something to get away from the misery of the day. But you can't pitch every five days for $1.75 million. Heaven forbid. So my royal rant today is the greed's got to stop. Because guess what? Fans are not going to forget this, man. Yes, some will come back no matter what, but some are going to sit there and say, you know what? To hell with these guys. And for me, Blake Snell, to hell with you is what I say. Because your stance about getting mine isn't about the coronavirus. That was a back-end part of the statement. It was about the money, the greed. And then you come back and say, well, it probably sounded pretty greedy. You're damn right it sounded greedy. It was horrible. Horrible. And that's my stance. That's my take. Give me a call. What's your take? 804-327-0888. I need the blood pressure cup, my man. Ben, please get it for me. Not, uh, not. I'm coming out of the gate today, man. It got me wound up. Wore my Tampa Bay stuff today. Feeling good. Love the Tampa Bay team. But, man, Blake Snell, who I liked, who I was really a fan of until today. I wake up and see this hit me right between the eyes. And I said, man, I got to respond to this one. Can't take it.
There's got to be some opportunity to give back to the game. Sometimes you have to give back to the game, which means giving back to the fans. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Let me calm down for a second. I'll tell you what, just can't take it. I just can't take it. When guys out there are saying to themselves on the front end, hey, it's all about the money, money, money. Oh, 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 yeah, and I'm worried about putting my life on the line. It's back end part of the statement. That's not what you're thinking about. You're so transparent. Then you come back and try to apologize and say it's about the greed. And I'm sorry if people look at me as greedy. Well, we do. Everybody looks at you as greedy. And anybody who falls in line there, you know, I haven't heard anything from the Mike Trouts of the world or the Trevor, uh, some of the top guys out there that are making the big money. Of course, uh, you look at Aaron Judge, guys like that. We haven't heard from them yet, but it's going to be interesting what their take is because when you've got a guy like Mike Trout making $222,000 per game for 162 games, and let's say Mike Trout had to go down to forty to 50000 per game, how do you think that would feel to you? in terms of how would you take that if he said, well, I just just don't think I can make it on $50,000 a game for 162 weeks, or in this case, $50,000 times 82 games, a shortened season. Don't know if I can get by on that. Folks, I'm not saying a week. I'm not saying a month. I'm saying a game, $52,000 or $50,000 a game. So when I look at this from all sides, ownership has got to give more to the players Possibly. That could be a solution. But the players, in turn, have to say, you know what? Unprecedented times require unprecedented actions. And should we do something for the good of all versus the good of ourselves and our pocketbooks and our wallets? Bottom line is this. Greed has got to take a back seat in a pandemic situation. We have to look out for the American people right now and give the American people, the ones that have always been there for you, you need to be there for them. And I'm sorry if I'm asking you to go on the hill every five days and throw a baseball. Every five days. This isn't an everyday positional player. This is a guy that takes the ball five every five days. And he's going to complain about everything that he's up against in terms of going out there. Come on, man. You're better than this. We're better than this. You've got to come up with a solution. And when I wake up and I watch and I read things about baseball players or anybody at a major league level in any sport saying, you know, the money first, the fans are dead last. Ownership, players, fans dead last. Not even a consideration. It just sickens me. And this this really caught me the wrong way this morning. So that's it. 804-327-0888. Blake Snell off the Christmas card list of the Sports King. Don't care anymore about Blake Snell. Won't the guy because of this type of stance. And more players come out with this. Rob Manfred should get ahead of this and say basically that we need to do something before this guy gets out of hand. Trevor Bauer, Cincinnati Reds right-hander, called the proposal of the 50-50 split laughable and said he uh, doesn't want to play either. He said basically, you know, he's on board with the lack of playing and no big deal. So these guys are going to balk at it. They're not going to come out and play, and it's one of those situations. So... Uh, you know, you've got the Houston Astros cheating. You've got uh, all the different things with baseball, trying to get back in our good graces, trying to come back in a season that has been, uh, you know, lost in some ways right now. We haven't had opening day. We haven't anything. Now we hear some things about maybe coming back and get to support baseball and get behind baseball, even though we can all order games on television and pay that way and help support Major League Baseball, which I know all of the listeners and viewers out there more than likely would do. 
But I heard all the things like the NFL. People would text me and call me when Kaepernick knelt, whether you believe in that or whether you don't believe in that. Some people were so hardline stands. Veterans would call me and text me. I'm never going to watch an NFL game again because of that guy, because he didn't stand for the national anthem. Now, that's your personal approach. You can take whatever approach you want on that or whatever side you believe in there. That's just one stance, and I understand both sides of that coin. But when you look at what's going on here, when it comes down to the money grab and the greed, you have to say to yourself, amidst the pandemic, can we do something for the American people? And in this case, it's just, you know, and I know he's not the only guy, And but more players come out with this, it's going to lose baseball, folks, I'm telling you. So Rob Manford, his job right now, he needs to get on the phone and do some damage control and tell his players, hey, folks, you know, gag order. Don't be putting things out there like this because you're going to hurt the brand, you're going to hurt baseball, you're going to hurt yourselves. And these fans that aren't even going to be able to come to games – the ones that are going to have to be home now to pay your $1.75 million salary, they're going to have to uh, put their credit card down and watch your games, aren't going to do that because of the comments you're making. So be smart about what you're doing. But this was stupid from the word go. What's your take? 804-327-0888 is the number. <sighs> got to take a breath here, man. These guys got me fired up. I mean, we need to get back. We've got NASCAR coming back this weekend. That's something to look forward to. No fans there, but it's something to look forward to. Now, the NASCAR guys... They have been trying to get fans, and they're going to get fans watching this weekend, and we're excited to do so. Have you heard anything from NASCAR about, hey, I'm not going to do this if the prize money is down? Or No, because they're out there. They're going to go, and, of course, they're putting themselves at risk too. Uh, the UFC guys putting themselves at risk. So there's a lot of folks putting themselves at risk. And if uh, Blake Snell doesn't feel like it's worth the opportunity, stay home if that's what you want to do. But it's going to be done, as Rob Manfred said, we're only going to allow players to come back if it's safe for everyone. So they're going to do their very best. And I'm not saying it's not without risk, folks. I don't want you to think that it's all, uh, you know, wine and roses. It's going to be some opportunity where players could potentially catch things. And I understand that, and I know it's a risk. But if you're going to go out there for the money you're making, just hold your head up high and say, you know what? This is a great opportunity for us to do something for the American people to restore some smiles and restore some things and some normalcy to an unnormal situation. So anyway, I have beaten Blake Snell up here, and I really feel strongly about this, and there's going to be more players coming out with comments like this, and I'm hoping the ownership groups will do something and say maybe we have to tilt it a little bit to the players, and that's fine with me, but it's not going to be something crazy, and Blake Snell's not going to get mine. He's not going to get every penny he wants. It's not going to happen. So that's the take there in terms of the situation with Major League Baseball. Uh, you barely get off a phone call and guys are immediately talking about, if I don't get every single penny, I'm not playing. Well, that's not going to happen because of the situation that we're under. But some guys just don't look at it from an economical aspect, the economy of the situation. They're saying, hey, you know, I still deserve mine. The fact we don't have fans, we don't have anybody paying ticket prices, we don't have anybody buying popcorn or beer or anybody in the stands, but I still deserve every penny. Come on, man. Uh, I don't know. Just me. But so that's the situation there. And uh, we want to let you know that, um, you know, NASCAR is returning this weekend. So we have something to look forward to. And it's one of those things that has been long coming. NASCAR, the thing about it this weekend, there's going to be in Darlington, there's going to be no practice for any of the drivers. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, they've been out of the car for 10, 11 weeks. So you got to, you got to understand when they get in the car, it's going to be exciting in a lot of ways. It's going to be a war of attrition. How long can they go? These guys will be in there for three hours in those heated vehicles. Ben Maitland on this show yesterday said 90-degree temperatures 
expected this weekend for this race, which will be in the afternoon. And so you've got the crews are going to be overheating there. The drivers are going to be hot. It's going to be a hot day inside that car for three plus hours. And uh, these guys are really grinding it out. So it's going to be the, the, who's going to be the strongest guy. Who's going to be the guy that's most fit. Who's been doing the work behind the scenes now. So we've got that to look forward to, but no fans again. So uh, we understand that's a situation that's a part of the new norm for now. So who will win this race? And what's your take? 804-327-0888. You've got some excitement happening there. It's a tough race course. It's going to be, as Ben mentioned yesterday on the show, there's going to be one pit crew uh, reporter that has to cover every single team. So you're going to see one guy running around like his uh, his head cut off like a chicken running back and forth from car to car trying to get interviews because they've cut down the access to reporters on pit road. So that's going to be something that's going to be very interesting to watch this one guy. I guarantee you when he's done, he is going to need to cool off because he's going to be running around 90 degree heat the entire race trying to capture every single uh, interview he can. That's going to be very tough. So um, at least we have something to look forward to in that regard. And it's going to be an exciting race with a lot of uh, variables we haven't seen before. Of course, the wind tunnel stuff they do, the testing, the racing, the running around the track where they can see how their car sets up. All that stuff is you know factored in when you get there to the racetrack. Now, with no practice for anybody, you get in your car and you hope you're in shape. And then you get out there and let's, let it let it fly. So, the thing about it with these cars is their setups for the tracks are all different based on the tracks. So they're going to have to get in their car and make adjustments on the fly. That's going to be tough on the crew chiefs, tough on the crews. Uh, you know, how are they going to react? And Ben Maitland made a great point yesterday, my producer, when he said, watch the amount of tires that'll be used this weekend. He thinks it's going to be record numbers of tires in terms of the wear and tear because of the heat. And I think he's right on the money because when you have something like this happening without a lot of testing, you don't know how it's going to set up. Now you got 90 degree heat factored into that. So it's going to be something we're all going to have to keep our eye on this weekend, but the competition is there. It could come down to as sometimes it always does the best pit crew who's in the best shape there. And how are they going to deal with that? So those are some of the headlines. My Royal rant, of course, today, uh, Blake Snell says, I got to get mine. And uh, well, I tell you what, he definitely lost me as a fan. I don't know about you. 804-327-0888. But we do have NASCAR this weekend. Going to take a time out on the Sports King on this Thursday morning. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Ryan Mitchell, former Washington Redskins, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Hi, it's the Sports King, Jamie King, and I'm here to offer you truly life-changing advice. If you or someone you know suffers from foot pain, don't delay. Take immediate action and visit the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross with two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. I know firsthand he changed my life and totally restored my foot. He will do the same for you. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. 
Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. the sports king show we are getting one day closer to the return we hope of sports which we are it's going to be sunday darlington the site nascar returns 64 days now without sports 64 miserable days without sports but we get a respite on sunday darlington is going to be the site as we discussed earlier uh, in terms of NASCAR returning, and it's going to be without fans. That's the only downside, but you know, we're excited about the fact that it is going to be a uh, spectacle that we get to see, something we get to cheer for, and uh, it is something that we've been waiting for a long time. So that is exciting. Uh, of course, before we went to break, uh, we understood, Ben, the number of, uh, in terms of uh, explosives the gentleman was talking about there was, uh, uh, so I'm trying to get that pulled up. The uh, Darlington track received a bomb threat. So, I mean, just unbelievable. And this is a local guy that called in a bomb threat to Darlington. So I think you take, as Ben said just a few minutes ago during the break, you, you throw a guy like this under the jail. I mean, you're, you're talking about in the midst of a pandemic that we're all dealing with, you finally get something to come back to sports. And then you've got some idiot that's even from the area, a local guy that basically calls in a bomb threat uh, saying a detailed amount of explosives that he has at the facility. And just unbelievable that, you know, something like that is is happening right now. And as Ben said, you need to take the guy like that and just throw the book at him in a big way because here we are. Uh, people are scared enough as it is. They don't get the good. They don't get to go to the actual event, but they basically have to deal with this on top of that. Here's Ben with some of that breaking news about the bomb threat. Yeah, this is – good morning, Jamie. Uh, yeah, this is a strange story. I don't know what Darlington Raceway would have done to this gentleman, Michael Donovan Avon, uh, 46 years old. He left threatening phone messages at the raceway on April 27th. Um, <laughs> I hate to laugh. Uh, the investigators allege that um, Avon, a Darlington resident, wrote to another location – in Darlington County, stating that he had access to 125 tons of bomb-making materials. So, yeah, put him under the jail. That'd be just fine with me. He's charged with possession, threatened, or attempted use of a weapon of mass destruction for active terrorism, not resulting in death. He is currently in custody at the W. Glenn Campbell Detention Center awaiting a bond hearing. So if they could throw the book at the guy, that'd be just fine by me. You know, it, the thing about not having fans at Darlington, normally the, the county sheriff's department would be certainly busy uh, having to, to worry about, you know, maintaining discipline among 60 or so thousand race fans down there. They don't have to worry about that. Now you have this guy calling in a threat. That's, uh, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, you can't make it up. As Ben just said, a uh, gentleman called in, uh, said he had 125 tons of bomb-making ability and was going to unleash that on Darlington, the site of this Sunday's race. As Ben said, here you have a guy, he's arrested now, he's in jail, and hopefully they throw the book at him. But, you know, if I'm a judge, I'd say, son, we're sitting here in the midst of a pandemic where people are scared to death. They can't go to the race to enjoy it, but you're going to try to disrupt that. On top of that, 
and threaten to blow up uh, a facility that is trying to give America something back to cheer about. So for you, whatever I was going to give you from a guideline aspect, I'm going to add to it because you deserve that and then some. And just a sickening type story there in terms of what's going on. But uh, we started things off with Major League Baseball, and we were talking about that for a bit in terms of what's happening there. A lot going on in terms of that. It's a fluid situation. We'll keep you up to date on that and much, much more. The NBA is trying to come back. And as we're hearing uh, through the grapevine, some players immediately want to come back now. Adam Silver is talking about opening up some facilities, so we don't know what's going on there in terms of that. But we do know the NBA would like to finish. Then you've got the guys sitting on the sidelines like Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley saying, don't do it, don't come back, it'll be a joke, it won't be worthwhile. So I just think it'd be great if the former players would either talk to the commissioner before releasing some of these statements because you've got the fans who are sitting there trying to enjoy you know, the possibility of maybe basketball coming back, and then you've got guys that have been icons in the game coming out and saying, hey, you know, don't do it, we shouldn't do it, and blah, blah, blah. One of those things where uh, we don't always want to hear all those negatives. We'd like to hear something from the folks that are making the decisions and so forth. So uh, a situation in terms of the NBA that we don't know uh, how it's going to unfold, but we do understand that the, you know, the quote-unquote legends of the game are having some really strong opinions, and uh, we're getting two different voices, and sometimes you just like to hear from the people in the know, like the Adam Silvers of the world. So we'll keep you up on that. We do know that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says the state is open to pro sports teams. Uh, the governor said uh, basically all professional sports teams are welcome for practicing and playing. He said at a news conference on Wednesday in Tallahassee, what I would tell commissioners of leagues is, DeSantis said, if you have a team in an area where they just won't let them operate, we'll find a place for you here in the state of Florida. On Tuesday, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey announced that professional sports, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and NFL, may resume in the state without fans on Saturday as long as Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines are followed. Last month, DeSantis had deemed sports essential services, allowing WWE and UFC events to take place in the state without fans. There's also the Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady golf match will be in Hobie Sound on May 24th, also without fans. DeSantis launched a phase one plan to reopen the state on Monday for all counties, not including Miami-Dade and Broward. Those two counties will open this coming Monday. The Miami Heat reported to their facility on Wednesday for players to undergo voluntary individual workouts. Twelve players went in for voluntary socially distanced workouts. Uh, sources told ESPN's Ramona Shelbourne. DeSantis, uh, the governor, specifically mentioned baseball, soccer, and basketball in his remarks on Wednesday. Our people are starved to have some of this back in our lives. He said, I think we can certainly do it in a safe way. So that's great news. If we can do it in Florida, we can do it in Arizona. Folks, we got to get the teams to those locations and play in that round-robin area. We can do this. There's a way to do it. I know logistically it's tough, but it can be done in both basketball and and hockey, and, uh, of course, uh, as we look towards uh, getting this done, uh, baseball, Arizona is a perfect fit. Uh, Basketball, if it has to be Florida or Arizona, they could do it there. There's enough arenas there that you can have enough filming, keep the guys locked down in a couple hotels and try to do it that way. There are ways to get through this, but right now they're trying to come up with an idea that will work for everybody. But you can, as I said, competitive balance is the key. You can't start one team like they're talking about the Heat opening up. Uh, I haven't heard anything about the Wizards, for instance, but if the Heat 
is down and able to start practicing, but the Wizards can't. Once again, a competitive balance. If I'm the owner of the Wizards, I'll say, wait a minute, Adam Silver, how can they start and we can't start? We need to do this all at one time or not at all. So that's my take. What's your take? 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. And uh, we are wondering exactly when they're going to get the all-go uh, in terms of the situation for uh, the NBA. Uh, in terms of the NFL, uh, Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper believes there should be enough coronavirus tests by the fall so the NFL teams can play games in stadiums with some fans. He said you won't be playing having full stadiums, but that doesn't mean you can't have some fans in the stadium either, Tepper told CNBC on Wednesday. If you're comfortable being in a closed airplane for a cross-country trip 18 inches apart, maybe with two seats in between you and being five feet away from each other, you might be comfortable in an open-air stadium, end quote. So I agree with Tepper on this. I look at Carolina and him saying these things, I agree. If I have to be four to five seats away from somebody in an NFL stadium, and if I have to wear a mask, unfortunately, it's the way it is, but you could do this, and maybe you have, as we've talked about, in an 80,000-seat arena, maybe you have fifteen to 20,000 spread out among the paying public. I mean, that's an option. That's something that could happen. That's something that might uh, very well be the case. The only problem for me with this model is on the college side. The college kids jumping up and down, shoulder to shoulder, in close proximity. I mean, those are the things we love about college football. To see a college stadium like a Happy Valley in Penn State with 100-plus thousand uh, folks in white or black, they'll have the blackouts, the whiteouts there, but to have them there and only have ten to 15,000 maybe spread out throughout the arena. Yeah, you're going to have some fans, you have some support, but the bigger question remains, how do you, from an economic standpoint, survive as a college that depends solely and mostly on the football revenue from ticket sales? Yes, you make money on the popcorn, the peanuts, and the hot dogs and all that, but you make your big money on your ticket sales and your merchandise sales. So, if you're not getting the ticket sales of 109,000 and now you only have 15,000, how does that model work? And that's my concern. I mean, you're not getting a bailout from the uh, government in terms of, hey, if you don't get your full stadium, we're going to give you the rest of the money. It's just not going to happen that way. So those are questions I have in terms of what's going to happen with the college scene. How will that work with a reduced schedule? Uh, in terms of the amount of people allowed into the stadium. How are they going to do this? Uh, in terms of Tepper, the Panthers are one of 20 NFL teams with open-air stadiums, so that's another thing I had a question about. The Tampa Bay Rays, I'm wearing their gear today, but I'm wondering about that. They have the enclosed uh, Tropicana Field. They have the enclosed stadium. Uh, how about the stadiums that have the enclosures versus ones that are open-air? How does that factor into the coronavirus situation that's a question i wonder because just like an airplane you're in an airplane you're in a tube you have the air yes it's circulating but it's people breathing and whatever is happening in the plane uh, you take your chances there because you're in a closed environment in an open air stadium you're still within proximity but it's an open air stadium things are going on air is circulating much better because of the open air and then of course when you have it in indoor stadium the air is pumped in and things are moving around and so big question there, how it's going to work. And once again, there are 20 NFL stadiums with open air 
stadium facility. So five others have retractable roofs. I'm just wondering if the five others with retractable roofs are automatically going to open from day one. Uh, Tepper mentioned the possibility of fans having to wear face coverings and practicing other social distancing rules inside the facility to help create a safe environment. He went on to say there should be some amount of fans in the stadiums, depending on what locale and where you are and what the local rules are. Well, once again, while I agree with Tepper on one hand, it can't be there should be some fans in some stadiums. It should be it all fits a one size fits all because they've got to get fans back even on a limited basis uh, and come up with one set of rules unless it's an open, closed air stadium. There's something differentiating that which we have to find out more about that. But if you have something with a stadium and you say, hey, no more than 20000 per stadium, they're going to be six to eight feet apart. They're not going to be able to interact. They're going to have to have face coverings. It's the only way we can do this. So that's a model that maybe they come up with. Maybe they're going to go in that direction. So we're going to have to see exactly what's going to happen there. But just food for thought, uh, would you go back to an NFL or college stadium? Give us a call, 804-327-0888 is the number, 804 327 0888 is the number, and we'd like to hear from you in terms of your thoughts if you would go back to the uh, football stadium this fall. I think I would. However, I'm going to sit in the basement and watch. What am I saying? You know I'm going to do that. Anyway, but uh, it would be interesting to see how it would go, and I would go back uh, to see a ball game if it was done correctly with a good game plan. So we hope they're coming up with that right now. We do want to let you know, and I read something interesting yesterday, the guy that I wanted for the Redskins, number 81, Thaddeus Moss, son of Randy Moss, a guy that has just been electric at the college level, of course, the son of the Hall of Famer, uh, said on Monday that uh, basically he wants to separate from his father's Pro Football Hall of Fame legacy. Uh, Moss said he isn't tired of the questions uh, about his last name and what his father has accomplished as a receiver, but he wants to create his own identity, which is great. Thaddeus Moss, hats off to you. I'm excited for you to join this team. I think, and I'm going to go on record with this one, I think if this kid's right, based on the film that I've broken down, I'm not saying he's going to be better than Jordan Reed, but I think he could have that kind of impact. I think over time, this kid could really develop in a top-flight uh, tight end. And boy, do we need a guy in the middle that can do that. We've got some guys now that are, you know, shake them up in a bag. They're good guys, Logan Thomas, you know, Sprinkle, guys that are going to be okay but you're wondering about that difference maker. They could take the ball and make plays. Thaddeus Moss is that guy. He went on to say, I'm just tired of the comparisons with my father. Everybody keeps mentioning my dad, uh, but just I uh, want my own identity. I want to look forward to making a name for myself, which is great. The Redskins signed Moss as an undrafted free agent out of LSU just moments after the NFL draft had ended. And he, pissed, he, he picked the Redskins because uh, they dialed him faster than both Cincinnati and New England. So the hood in New England wanted Thaddeus Moss. He had his, his dad, Randy, of course. He wanted him in Cincinnati, also wanted uh, Thaddeus Moss. But the Redskins, hats off to them for making a good pickup there. They got him. And uh, Moss went on to say that get, not getting drafted was a slap in the face to me. And he said having uh, kickers and punters, special teams guys getting picked over me, I definitely felt some type of way over it. It's no difference. I've always had to prove myself in my whole life, and I will do that again. So Thaddeus Moss has a chip on his shoulder coming into the Redskins. Of course, coming off foot surgery, I think he's going to be a great addition for this team, something we definitely need, and we'll keep our eye on Thaddeus Moss. Remember that name, folks. Sports King's so high on this guy. I think he's going to be just what we need from a tight end position, a future All-Pro, in my opinion. We're going to take a timeout, coming back with your phone calls, much, much more on the Sports King Show on Sports 1061. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Andre Rising, and you're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, GM at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid because we are doing everything we can to keep our dealership clean and offering delivery services to minimize exposure. We've also opened a helpline for assistance of any kind, including grocery or medication pickup. Please call our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com to learn more. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Welcome back. Thursday morning edition. One more day of the week. Day 64 without sports, but who's counting? I heard that this morning on the Big Al Show. He keeps a daily track on sports phone with Big Al. 8 to 10, heard live right here, Sports 106.1. And, of course, my show immediately following Sports King from 10 to noon. And then it's the jungle. Los Angeles Jim Rome takes over the broadcasting legend at noon o'clock. Mark it down. Want to let you know there has been a contract dispute between XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck, of course, formerly of West Virginia, great quarterback back in the day, and owner Vince McMahon of the WWE. What do you say, Ric Flair? Woo! 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 Exactly. Here's the situation. Uh, there's been a lawsuit filed uh, in response to Oliver Luck's lawsuit filed on April 21st in Connecticut Federal Court McMahon and his attorney said he fired Luck for, quote, cause, unquote, and cited three examples of failures to comply with the multiple XFL policies and directives. Luck's attorneys followed by unsealing the termination letter and Luck's response to that letter, calling the firing a weak and pretextual attempt to avoid the lawful contractual obligations, end quote. Luck also complained uh, and mentioned that uh, the NFL did not utilize a 30-day cure period to address its claims before firing him. As provided in his contract, he is seeking $23.8 million in a judgment. The reasons for Luck's uh, firing, according to Vince McMahon, gross, neglig- uh, gross ne- neglect uh, basically on the coronavirus pandemic, according to McMahon, Luck effectively abandoning his responsibilities beginning March 13th by relocating from the XFL offices in Stamford, Connecticut, to his home in Indiana and failing to devote substantially all of his business time to his XFL duties as required by his contract. In the response letter, Luck's attorney said Luck was unable to return to the office because of Connecticut's 20-stay-at-home order. 20-day stay-at-home order. Luck was con- in contact with McMahon via text message and his attorney's uh, letter listed the projects he was working on, including two uh, 20, uh, 21 uh, budgets that Luck was involved with. He also signed wide receiver Antonio Callaway without McMahon's approval and then refused to release him when McMahon ordered him to do so. McMahon has said publicly he did not want to sign players with problematic backgrounds. Most recently, Callaway was suspended by the NFL for violating its substance abuse policy. He suffered an injury during the XFL's January training camp and was placed on injury reserve. Uh, the other thing was uh, personal use of an XFL-issued iPhone, an allegation that was not mentioned in the original termination letter. The phone is being 
basically forensically examined to determine the extent of Luck's personal use, according to McMahon's firing uh, in filing as well. Uh, McMahon, of course, uh, you look at this, Oliver Luck, who I followed his college career. That's how old I am, by the way. Uh, he used to have a bunch of bumper stickers back in West Virginia when I would see them in billboards. With Luck, were bowl bound. He was one heck of a quarterback, much like his son Andrew. Did some great things. And I believe uh, he was one of the brightest quarterbacks in terms of legal backgrounds and all that, and a good guy. Everybody I've ever talked to about Oliver Luck has always talked about him being a class guy and a guy that did things the right way. And so basically, uh, this is a situation, I think, in my opinion, based on what I know of Oliver Luck, nothing against Vince McMahon, but I can see Oliver Luck pulling this one out because he seems like a guy that really has always had his eyes dotted, his T's crossed. So a situation where we'll keep our eye on here, but uh, Vince McMahon not wanting to pay Oliver Luck the rest of his money in a situation that, I mean, and I did not know that it was $23 million in terms of a contract to be the commissioner of the XFL. Boy, that is a good gig if you can get that. But unfortunately, of course, the XFL fell victim to the coronavirus and they closed operations. It looks like they will not be back in any way, shape, or form. So we lose the Alliance of American Football, and now the XFL is lost as well. So those are leagues that are now gone. So it looks like spring football is basically uh, by the boards right now. It's not going to be something that people are looking to we just like to have regular football back. When we come back on the Sports King show on this Thursday morning, I want to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. They have revealed their new uniforms that include metallic chrome in a blue helmet. You cannot and, uh, be serious! Yeah, you cannot be serious. While we go to this commercial break, you might want to Google the Rams' new jerseys. Give me your thoughts. I've got some opinions on them, and I'm going to give you those when we come back after this break. Uh, give us a call, 804-327-0888, 804-327-0888. Google the Los Angeles Rams new helmets and uniforms. Tell me what you think. Uh, I don't know. I have a strong take on this, but I'm going to tell you right now. It is not good. Metallic chrome blue with a gradient yellow horn and blue face mask doesn't win me over. What do you think? 804-327-0888. Sports King heading top of the hour. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is former Virginia Tech defense coordinator Bud Foster, and you're listening to a Sports King, Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid. Because now is an opportunity to do something heroic. We realize that this is the time to organize a blood drive, help our elderly neighbors with groceries, and assist local nonprofits. 
And that's exactly what CMA's Colonial Honda is doing. In fact, we set up a helpline to assist people in our community in any way that we can. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance, you can reach our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Again, our CMA helpline is 434-220-8885. And of course, if you're in need of any automotive help, we are taking extra precautions to keep our dealership clean. To learn more, visit cmascolonialhonda.com. We applaud you for helping one another during this time. You have inspired us to do the same. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 1061. And good morning, Facebook Live. Good morning, Sports 1061. Hello, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Sacramento, California, London, England, Florida, all parts of Florida, Tampa, Florida, we see you, Tallahassee, we see you, thank you for joining us on the Sports King. Before we went to break, starting hour number two, alongside Ben Maitland and the Sports King, Jamie King, we thank you for joining us. If you'd like to take part in the show, give us a call, 804-327-0888. What are your take on the Los Angeles Rams on Wednesday, they revealed the rebranded uniforms that will debut this season. Of course, the Rams have a new stadium, and uh, they're going to be in SoFi. And uh, let me tell you this. They have a blue jersey featuring yellow gradient numbering and interchangeable blue or yellow pants. There's also an off-white jersey and pant combination. The Rams' new helmet is a metallic chrome blue with a gradient yellow horn and Blue face mask and sports king is not a fan. Do not like the new look. Uh, Robert Woods, Rams wide receiver, said, uh, You know what? I told my friends this is the coolest jersey I ever wore, and he thinks it's going to be great. He feels like we're part of something new and exciting. Yeah, that's all great until the fans get a chance to see this in action. I just don't think it's going to go over well. There are some things that you shouldn't mess with. The Rams have always had that really, uh, back to the Eric Dickerson days, great jerseys, but now you're going to change it up and try to modernize what you have? I don't know. Uh, Some folks have been speaking out that Nike has a big hand in this, and, of course, they're trying to give them an upgraded look. The new uniforms come as the Rams prepare to open that 2020 season against the Dallas Cowboys at, as I mentioned, SoFi Stadium. $5 billion project funded by team owner Stan Kroenke. Uh, our focus, they say, was always that this is going to be an amazing, iconic, modern building. You want the uniforms to match the style and design of the building. Rams Chief Operating Officer uh, Kevin Demoff said, but still have the tradition and some elements that our fans have grown to know and love. I think that's a balancing act for any team to go through as you move forward. The Rams rebranding effort began in 2016 when the team relocated from St. Louis to Los Angeles. So they've been trying to do some things like this for quite a while. I mean, you look at some of the guys out there, Eric Dickerson's and folks that have been talking about this. Um, the Rams have dubbed their new hues uh, Rams Royal. And uh, so there's all kinds of different takes out there. Rams tackle Andrew Wetworth said, I really think the bone color is going to be amazing. I'm excited about it. 
the updated logos include a modern-looking ram head and an L.A. letter mark that includes a horn. So if you haven't seen it, it is online. You can take a look. Rams fans, along with Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson, have vocalized displeasure with recent changes, most notably the team's new logos. So some of the old guard, if you will, not liking this, they want to stay as they were, and the Rams are the Rams. But now it's going to be totally different when you see the helmets this year. It's going to be a different look, and some folks are not enjoying the new version of the Rams uh, helmet and uh, overall color scheme as well. So we'll see, and we'll follow that. But they got a brand-new stadium, so we're going to try to do some brand-new things. I want to let you know that uh, the situation with Fox Sports, Joe Buck has talked about the great announcer for Fox, has said it's going to be interesting because the season will have probably no fans, which he's – already counting on. And he says it's going to be difficult from an announcing standpoint. He said, I think Fox and the networks have to put crowd noise under it to make it a normal viewing experience at home. When pressed on the comments, Buck said he was certain crowd noise will be added to potential broadcasts without fans and went as far as to say, I know they'll do it. And that's pretty much a done deal. I think whoever's going to be in that control is going to have to be really good at their job and realistic as to how a crowd would react to a certain play and so forth. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, there's canned laughter in a lot of the shows you watch on television. Sometimes you, it's so seamlessly done and plugged in that you're like, wow, that's a really funny show when really it's a lot of canned laughter. So now you've got a situation where it's going to be canned applause after plays. So I, I just don't know how that's going to fly. I know they're trying to make it exciting, but it's going to be interesting to see how that develops over time because you know, if somebody makes an interception, they're going to pipe up some sound, but there's nobody in the stands to provide the sound. So, uh, you know, it's going to be doctored. It's going to be different, but it's interesting in terms of how they're going to approach that. So we're going to have to take a look at that. What's your take on that situation? 804-327-0888. Are you all for the Rams, New Jersey's? Are you for the sound being pumped in while you're watching a ball game? Or would you rather just hear the stuff down on the field? I, for one, having been on the field and hear some of the things that's going on down there, you want to be able to really hear the interaction between the coaches and the players. But I'm telling you what, they need to have an eight-second delay there because you're going to hear a lot of things from a uh, – vocabulary that you're not used to hearing on the sidelines because these guys sometimes after tough plays or big hits, they'll definitely let it fly. And so they're going to have to really protect the listener from hearing some of this, especially with kids at home uh, listening. It's going to be a definite adjustment for folks watching the NFL, especially if there's no real uh, natural sound. If they Now, if they just pipe in stuff from the outside, it's one thing, but if they allow natural sound, it's going to be very interesting and they're going to have to be on top of that. Uh, I want to let you know that, Georgetown basketball. Uh, Mac McClung is going to leave Georgetown. He is going to be the most sought-after uh, transfer in the country. He's entering the transfer portal, unexpected move that will make him the most high-demand transfer in the nation. McClung, the Hoyas' leading scorer 2019-2020, in a likely preseason All-American, informed Georgetown of his plans on Wednesday after pulling his name out of the NBA draft to maintain his NCAA eligibility. He went on to say, quote, it was a number of different events that made me feel I had no choice but to transfer from Georgetown, end quote. He went on to say, I really wanted to stay, but things throughout my career made me realize that I couldn't. I'm looking forward to a place I can call home, a place I can be a part of a family and help them succeed. 
McClung, to his credit, averaged 15.7 points a game for the Hoyas last season before foot injury cut his season short. As a freshman, he averaged 13.1 points per game. The six foot two guard is best known for his high flying dunks and highlight reel plays. He will need to file a waiver to play immediately in 2021. Uh, Patrick Ewing said Mac was an integral part of our program, and uh, he let me know his decision. I was disappointed but he needs to do what's best for him. I wish him luck in his future endeavors. Moving forward, our focus is the core that we have coming back in our incoming class. Well, that's great to say, but why is it that he's leaving? I mean, there's something wrong there. Did Patrick Ewing and he not have the, uh, not on the same sheet of music? What really happened? You lose a player like this, you're leaving score. Uh, just as a head scratcher to me. I don't know why somebody that is really profiled within your university's basketball team decides all of a sudden to just leave. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if uh, he ends up down in the Carolinas, either at Chapel Hill or in Durham. He'll go down. I think Krzyzewski will probably be working overtime to get him in the lineup. And if he adds that to the Duke team, it's going to be quite interesting. But Mac McClung is now on his way out of Georgetown. And that story uh, broke today, of course, Patrick uh, Ewing, a guy that you wonder, uh, did he not relate well with Mac McClung? Was there an issue there? Uh, why the kid just decided to uh, up and leave? It's definitely a head scratcher there. We talked about on the Sports King show yesterday, and I said, hey, I'm all for it because I saw him doing the boxing aspect as we moved to boxing. Uh, Mike Tyson at 53 says he is ready to potentially get back in the ring. And if you saw some of his uh, practice fighting and some of the boxing he was doing and sparring uh, you saw some real power some real speed and Tyson says you know what I can get back in there and make something happen well you might have an opponent the real deal Evander Holyfield said he likes the sound of a third fight with Mike Tyson although the word fight shouldn't be taken too literally uh, Holyfield 57 Tyson 53 have talked about returning to the ring for charity and what better matchup to attract attention However, Holyfield made it clear that the former rivals who have become friendly would not be uh, out for blood this time. He said, hey, I would do that, Holyfield told the son. Yes, I want to fight Mike Tyson. My whole thing is I'm open, and I know that I want to fight for myself at age 57. I can definitely handle him, but Mike would have to want to do it as well. We have to come up with something that is not a knockout grudge match. It's not about who can beat who, but show people we're still some of the greatest fighters of our era, and we've come together as men to do something for others. So my question for you on the Sports King Show, would you want to watch this? If it was a $64 buy, would you buy a pay-per-view if, for some reason, Holyfield and Tyson were to get it on for the third time? Uh, Holyfield uh, stunned the world back when he knocked out Tyson in 11 rounds on November 9th, 1996. In the rematch, the following June, Tyson was disqualified, as you remember, for biting the ear of... (laughs) Vander Holyfield, you can't make this up. Holyfield has since forgiven Tyson. However, uh, he still has a chunk missing from his ear, and we've seen that in interviews. But you wonder, when you look at this potential, would people buy it? And I'm telling you right now, amid a coronavirus and the fact that there's nothing to watch on sports, if Holyfield at 57 and Tyson at 53 were to go on a mini tour and then find a place to sanction it, I could pony it up i think i would like to see it just one more time for nostalgia reasons but you wonder at 57 to 53 how much they have left in the tank and uh, from a safety standpoint you wonder you know if they would hurt themselves by getting in they're both still in pretty good shape if you've seen some of the highlights of these two sparring but you wonder 
if somebody out there like a Bob Aaron or somebody along those lines would say, you know what, I'll put the deal together. Maybe a Dana White jumps in and says, hey, I can get these guys back in the ring and it's worthwhile and put them on a card and see if the fans want to see it. I can tell you right now, if a normal world was going on right now, it may not get as much play. But with things as they are, with us not having a lot to watch and a lot to look forward to, I can see people lining up in droves to say, yes, I will do something. I will put the money down and I will be a part of this fight because it's one of those things where you say the interest could be there. I don't know if it will be there, uh, but it's one of those situations where, you know, I think the interest on both sides and the public side would be something that we would want to see. Uh, saw something uh, interesting. Uh, there was a fight on the UFC side, and UFC fighter Anthony Smith handed his teeth to the referee during the brutal fight against Grover Teixeira. Uh, you can't make this stuff up, folks. UFC back at it yesterday night, uh, last night with uh, another event at an empty arena in Jacksonville. And the main event turned out to be violent, one that should have ended well before it did. Uh, Anthony Smith, who ended up losing to Grover Teixeira with, via fifth-round TKO, had handed his teeth that fell out to referee Jason Herzog. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. Hey, ref, excuse me one sec. Here's my choppers. Would you hold these till I get the done? What's going on? I mean, what's really going on? That moment happened in the fourth round in a fight that should have never been and never seen a fifth round. Smith was so badly beaten up, his corner should have done the right thing and not let him go out for the fifth, officially, especially when you saw some of the hits that he was taking. So you just wonder, uh, you know, Smith told his corner between the fourth and fifth round, uh, the final round there, that his teeth were falling out, which seemed the way of uh, asking his corner to do their job, throw the, throw the towel, and they did not do that. The referee should have done his job and closed this thing out. And that's the thing I've been a little bit critical of the referees in the UFC sometimes, and they do a great job for the most part. But when you see guys taking these kind of beatings, you got to jump in there, man. And the guy handing you his teeth might be an indicator that just a bit outside, you might just want to say, we'll go ahead and call this one. Uh, yeah, I don't know about holding your teeth, my man. Maybe it's time for you to exit stage left on this deal because I just can't see uh, continuing a fight when a guy takes those kind of beatings. But just something – uh, the UFC, as much as we like seeing it, of course, record number of buys the other night for uh, some of those events they had there. Uh, you just look at it overall and say, you know, some of these have got to be watched a little bit tighter than they're being watched for whatever reason. They're not all, you know, being watched by the same referee. You're not getting the same ref week after week, uh, match after match. And therefore, you see some things that kind of raise your eyebrow. You're wondering what's going on in terms of, uh, you know, if uh, they're just you know, individual referees looking at it differently. And, uh, you know, some guys will let you get hit in the face 10 times and they'll say, oh, maybe I'll jump in here. It's got to be quicker because these guys' safety is on the line. If they take one hell of a beating in there, it's just ridiculous. And so just my take on that. But I just think sometimes they need to get in there a little bit earlier on the UFC. I know people, it's a blood sport and people want to see that. But, you know, I digress. Major League Baseball folks are largely adhering to a simple choice for the consumer as they roll out ticket refund policies for games postponed by the COVID-19 pandemic. Take your money back now or receive more baseball later, whatever that may be. MLB has directed its 30 clubs to develop ticket refund policies for games scheduled in March, April, and May. Clubs are offering single and season ticket holders the option of keeping their tickets and receiving bonuses on their accounts, ranging from 5% up to 50% a figure that can be applied to this season or 2021. 
yet with the possibility of the entire 2020 season may be wiped out or played without fans, you can simply get your money back too. Now all 30 teams have revealed options for postponed games with all confirming refunds are available, some more explicitly than others. All teams are offering credit card refund options for games scheduled through April, while some extended that period through May. The window figures to grow as the likelihood of baseball played before fans in June and beyond diminishes. At this time, we were able to issue credits for refunds for games in March, April, and May 2020. We were working with Major Baseball, Major League Baseball, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on a variety of contingency plans to resume normal operations as soon as possible. So that is a message from baseball. So if you purchased a lot of tickets, you have the opportunity to get that money back, and television has become the golden goose for ticket sales and local revenue. Remember this. Uh, we talked about earlier uh, Blake Snell complaining about not getting his money. The money is going to come from the ticket sales, uh, not from the ticket sales, but from the revenue from television, which comprises up uh, 40% of the in industry's estimated $10.5 in annual revenue. So the money revenue from the television rights, which many people will buy uh, their favorite, like the Yes Network for the Yankees or your favorite team, you can buy those options. That money goes into the pot there, equaling $10.5 billion. Perhaps unsurprisingly, a majority of clubs' um, emails, online posts detailed their COVID-19 postponement policies lead with the credit option. They want you to take the credit option so they don't hemorrhage the money. A 1,200-word explainer from the Minnesota Twins only mentions refunds for single-game purchases only. It does not explicitly detail refunds as an option for season ticket holders whose accounts will automatically receive a 15% bonus credit. Season ticket holders are only encouraged to contact their sales representatives if they wish to discuss their holdings further. And refunds are available via that avenue, the club confirmed. So that's the situation there. You're going to get your money back. So that's one thing about it. Uh, the Mets, among other teams, uh, they all have different uh, options going right now. If you go on your favorite team's website, you're wondering if you have a ticket plan, how to get your money back, it's going to spell it out on the main page, most of these websites of the Major League Baseball team, so you can check it out there. So that's good news in terms of if you decide not to go back this year, uh, based on the fact that if we're allowed to go back and you decide not to, you don't think it's safe, you can basically ask for a refund now or potentially have it uh, deferred and go back to 2021 when things might be, and we hope, back to a safe situation where everybody can go back and then you can basically have the credits applied there. So they're getting crafty, trying to come up with some ways that we can maximize our dollars and stretch them out as far as we can. So we're hopeful that that works there. Of course, for the Nationals, for those affected games, credit offered for 2021 with a 50% bonus good for tickets, concessions, or merchandise, season plan refunds available through Ticket Rep and single game refunds at nationals.com. That's for the local team. So that's the news there, all the news that is the news on the Major League Baseball side from a policy standpoint on refunds, but the fact is they will give your money back. You may have to jump through some hoops to do it, but it's one of those situations that uh, we are going to monitor, and we'll keep you up to date if there's any change there in terms of that. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back. You're listening to Sports King on this Thursday morning. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back to close it out after these messages. Hi, this is number 26, former Redskin defensive back and Super Bowl champion Danny Copeland. You're listening to my main man, Jamie King, on Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hail to the Redskins. Hi, sports fans. It's the Sports King for the Podiatry Center, renowned foot doctor, Dr. Paul Ross. 
Dr. Ross is an expert who develops individual game plans for the sole purpose of getting his patients back to 100% as quickly as possible. In my case, I wore soft casts, hard casts. I was in pain and I saw no relief. That is, until Dr. Ross came to the rescue. He restored my foot to the way it was originally, and he gave me the quality of life I so desperately wanted to return to. He can do the same for you. He has state-of-the-art techniques and strategies to ensure your pain and issues become a thing of the past. If you've tried the rest, do yourself a favor and now try the best. Call today. Two offices to serve you, Bethesda, Maryland, and Springfield, Virginia. That's the podiatry center of Dr. Paul Ross. For more information, go to paulrossdpm.com. That's paulrossdpm.com. Let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 1061. Morning edition of the Sports King Sports 1061 Facebook Live. Hello, good morning. As we head to the noon o'clock hour with Jim Rome, the London, uh, the legend in Los Angeles, easy for me to say, Jim Rome, who is in the jungle in Los Angeles, takes over at noon. Of course, in the morning, it's going to be a situation with Big Al Sports Phone right here, 8 to 10. Real quick, has some breaking news on the NASCAR side. As far as a potential schedule change, let's go to the Sports King headquarters with Ben Maitland, our outstanding producer, who has this information for you. Go ahead, Ben. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, just um, want to update something that I saw come across on Twitter a little while ago. Adam Stern, I've referenced his name a couple of times uh, ever since this started uh, back in March, the pandemic, as far as keeping tabs on things and 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 what's happening on the motorsports front. He was a graduate, of course, from VCU right here in Richmond in 2012, a motorsports reporter for the Sports Business Journal. He had uh, some information earlier that said NASCAR is expected to announce the next batch of races on its revised 2020 schedule as soon as today, per people familiar with the situation. So there was that Auto Week article by Matt Weaver uh, a couple weeks ago that that detailed a, a potential schedule for uh, for the Cup Series to follow. And he had the first couple of dates right. He had two dates at Darlington, and he had two dates at Charlotte. Um, so he had that part of the article right. The remainder of the schedule that he had in that piece um, had them going to Martinsville May 31st, possibly going to Bristol for a midweek race on June 3rd, and maybe traveling to Atlanta and Homestead after that. Remains to be seen if that's the case. They, of course, NASCAR could have changed things and, and altered their plans since that article was published. But uh, as far as an official announcement on the revised 2020 schedule, as far as events past May 27th, uh, that is expected to come later today, maybe tomorrow. Just depends on uh, on the timing. All right, Ben Maitland with some news about NASCAR. Of course, the next day or two, there should be some breaking news in terms of the schedule. What's going to happen? Is it going to be a situation where we're going to be able to expand the schedule? It looks that way. And, of course, I imagine after this uh, – Weekend, we're going to get a lot better idea about NASCAR. It should be very exciting, of course, Darlington on Sunday. 90-degree temperatures expected. Ben says a lot of tires will be used up. It's going to be exciting. Plus, these drivers haven't been in a vehicle in over 10 weeks, so it's going to be interesting to see survival of the fittest uh, this weekend. Of course, Sunday, don't want to miss that. 
And folks, getting back to baseball for a minute, the top story I had, I was very upset to start the show with Blake Snell, pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, who came out and said, basically, I want mine. If I don't get paid every penny I'm deserving of in my contract, I'm not playing baseball, not me, no how. Well, I took umbrage to that because of the fact that here we are in a pandemic, a time where everybody needs baseball, we need sports back, but Blake Snell says, not me, I'm not doing it unless you give me every penny. Forget the fact that nobody's going to be in the stands. Forget the fact the owners are hemorrhaging money by the day. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't give something too. But Blake Snell coming out saying, if you don't pay me, I'm not playing, period. I'm not risking anything. I'm not going to do that. And the fans be damned. Who cares about them? They're always the last consideration anyway. But instead of keeping this private and just talking amongst themselves or maybe just between their player rep, they want to come out and make these comments, which really hurts the game. It hurts them. And I'm no longer a Blake Snell fan. I like the kid. I thought he was a heck of a pitcher. He still is. But from a standpoint of what he means to the league and what he means to Americans who are struggling right now, the frontline folks that are out there just working so hard, trying to do so much, and maybe want to come home at the end of a very tough double shift and watch a baseball game. And he says, I'm not going to pitch every fifth day and make $1.75 million. I just can't slum along with that kind of money. How can you expect him to get by you know, pitching every five days, making a million, almost $2 million. I mean, just, you can understand the pain he's in. Unbelievable. Anyway, and this is out of Phoenix. Don't take it personally. You Uber and Lyft, uh, as far as Major League Baseball, they are not going to be able to use them. They've been told not to get in any cars as far as uh, uh, taking any kind of rides from anywhere. Fans can cheer for all of our favorite players from the living room couch, but we can't do it from team hotels because you're going to be advised to stay away from – uh, the situation as far as a hotel, you cannot uh, get near the hotel. You can't get the autographs. You can't do all this. High fives in baseball will be strictly forbidden. So will be spitting. Think about this for a minute. No spitting. Maybe no tobacco. Maybe no gum. Whatever. Players, as you know, Major League Baseball, spitting is, is part of the game is everything. How are you going to get these guys to stop spitting uh, is beyond me. But anyway, that's the plan for Major League Baseball. Uh, it's a situation where Major League Baseball has prepared an 80 to 100 page document addressing safety and health protocols, saying it's committed to protecting its players during the pandemic, providing they reach an agreement with Major League Baseball Players Association over the salaries, which I don't think they're going to do, which is expected to take two or three weeks to consummate. Baseball is expected to resume spring training in June with opening days scheduled to be the first week of July. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if Major League Baseball came back? on the 4th of July. I'm just saying, that would give us so much to be thankful for, so much to cheer for. And I tell you, you talk about American pride on that day, uh, it's always there. But to have it that day, to be able to watch baseball opening day, even without fans, to be able to sit there, have a hot dog, hamburger, whatever it may be, and a beverage for the nation that needs to heal, a nation that needs something to smile about, to be able to watch NASCAR this weekend, Major League Baseball, if they can come together, which is a big if, and I'm going on record saying that if greed doesn't win out, and for once that we as fans, we as Americans are put above everything else, and they say, you know what, bite the bullet, guys. You won't make the $100 million. You only have to make $20 million or be able to make $20 million now instead of your $100 million. But get by on that for the short term. But what you're doing for the nation, for the country, 
that is heroic and stepping forward and providing us with something that we desperately want and desperately need. I'm just saying it should be something where all these players look at themselves and say, you know what, it's time for us to give back because we're playing a kid's game. Remember that at the end of the day. This is a game. It's fun. I mean, anybody's ever played baseball and done anything in baseball or softball, whatever may be your sport, to be able to run the bases, get a hit, uh, pitch, catch, do whatever you do in baseball, have fun doing it. It's a kid's game at the core. You're getting paid millions upon millions, and now you get to come back. Maybe not at the top dollar you've been used to. Maybe you have to go through up to maybe a year where you get a reduced salary. But when you look at what you'll do for the country, for the old saying, as I said earlier, take one for the team, it's a situation where you really need to look forward and say, hey, let me put my own personal feelings aside. I'm not going to make maybe the hundreds of millions I'm used to or the tens of millions I'm used to, but I'm going to go ahead and do something that's good for the country. So that's just my take on that. I hope that they'll they'll do that. I hope cooler heads prevail. We're going to have to wait and see on that. What's your take? Are you ready for baseball to return? What do you think about a July 4th start? Give us a call, 804-327-0888 is number, 804-327-0888 is the number, and we would love to hear from you on this Thursday as we move forward and go towards the weekend. Of course, Big Al said it this morning, day 64 without sports. It's something that uh, we are definitely missing more than you can ever imagine, but we hope with this weekend, with NASCAR restarting, it's going to be something really exciting. Ben broke the news a little bit ago. He talked about it, uh, the situation with Darlington. Not only is it a situation where they're going to race this weekend and we're getting NASCAR back, but some idiot uh, that Ben mentioned earlier, uh, a, a guy that uh, called from South Carolina, he lives there, Michael Avin, has been charged with possession as he threatened and attempted the use of a weapon of mass destruction for active terrorism. Uh, not resulting in death, according to the Darlington Sheriff's Office. As of Wednesday, he was awaiting a bond hearing and being held in custody while the case remains open. He called in a bomb threat. The authorities allegedly say Alvin uh, left messages describing a possible explosive device at Darlington on April 27th per the arrest warrant. He allegedly indicated in a letter addressed to a different Darlington County location that he had access to 125 tons of bomb-making materials. I mean, this guy didn't come out and say, hey, I've got a stick of dynamite. He's going for the the full Monty, saying, I've got 125 tons of bomb-making materials. Darlington Raceway NASCAR declined comment to the Charlotte Observer on Wednesday. On hiatus since mid-March due to the coronavirus pandemic, NASCAR, of course, planning to resume this weekend. And you're looking at a situation where uh, this is so bizarre on so many levels. You're looking at a guy that here we are getting ready for one aspect to smile about in the world of sports. And then he's going to call in a bomb threat. So I think the judge is probably going to throw the book at this guy. And rightfully so, as Ben said, put him under the jail. It's something they should definitely look at. Uh, there are some things out there we're talking about in terms of college football, college sports, about reopening. And you look at Iowa State, it started uh, in the mind of the athletic director there, Mark Coberly. More than a month in the making, the plan that the AD Coberly and his staff of 13 developed uh, last week under what the athletic department is terming a pilot return project. So they're thinking forward. This is what I talked about yesterday on the show. You want to have guys thinking forward. How can we get this done? Um, Coberly said all of the athletes involved have been living off campus in Ames. We've not asked anybody to come back from where they are around the country. 
The idea was to have 15 athletes across a variety of sports, all of whom are working through post-surgical rehabilitation, resume visits to the Cyclone's usual sports medicine clinic so the staff could work with them one-on-one and see how the new protection, disinfection, and distancing procedures would impact their ability there at the university. So Coberly said the early results have been encouraging, although he and the staff confirmed what they had been expecting, that it will be impossible to bring back all the members of the football team back to the campus at one time, never mind bringing back all athletes in fall sports at the same time. After allowing each of the athletes to come in twice a week, Coberly said in an interview on Wednesday that a more normal schedule of athletes having four or five appointments is being followed this week. But he cautioned that this was a pretty controlled circumstance, saying that there have been relatively few COVID cases in the county where the campus is located and the athletes uh, participating haven't been anywhere else. It's a type of process that would seem all schools would want to follow as they address the health and safety related issues with the athletes returning to campus, ramping up toward the workouts. So here's the situation. You've got Iowa State trying to do something unique and thinking forward. And the problem, as the AD Mark Coberly of Iowa State mentioned here, is you've got a small sample size and it's working well. But as he said, we can't have all of our football players come back and all of our you know, rowing team and basketball team and baseball team. Because here's the thing, when these guys all come back from different parts of the country and they're all touching surfaces and they're all coming from different places and you wonder where they're coming from, all the protocols in place, how long are they going to be potentially quarantined before they're allowed to basically come back? And it's the situation you're going to have to monitor that. But, man, you talk about the situation where I think it's going to be more and more universities are going to have to hire more and more medical staffing to upgrade the situation to make sure that, you know, the protection and the measures are being done uh, per sport. And you got to make sure that everybody walking in the building, there's got to be so many different new protocols and we're talking about that right now. So that's the situation there. Uh, if you look in college football, keeping in college football, of course, Michigan Wolverines, uh, there are some situations Jim Harbaugh, had outlined in a letter released this week uh, in the memo, Harbaugh proposed sweeping reforms of the game that would give players an opportunity to enter the NFL draft at any point in their college careers and allow them to return to school if they're not picked. Now, this is definitely beneficial to the players, and it's a great thing for them. I don't know about college football. As he explained in his reasoning, the Michigan head coach presented himself as a do-gooder advocating on behalf of a student athlete for a system that allows for more freedom and self-determination. His support of the one-time transfer rule is another example of that. But there seemed to be another angle to his draft proposal, one that was less art, uh, less to his advantage, basically. It goes back to the Latin question, uh, qui buno, which stands to gain. Michigan, of course, is the one that stands to gain here. Since returning to Ann Arbor to lead his alma mater's football team, Harbaugh has brought needed stability by winning 72% of his games, except those against Ohio State, as we all know. But he also failed to crack the ceiling uh, against the top teams. The Wolverines have yet to advance to the college football playoffs. They are a a putrid, and I mean this is bad. They're only two and eleven against top ten teams, and have lost each time they've played Ohio State during his entire tenure. Of course, Urban Meyer owns him, uh, owned him, and now Ryan Day does as well. The 2019 Buckeyes, it should be noted, feature 13 players who once five-star recruits. The Alabama Crimson Tide had 11. There are elite talents who have elevated both programs above Michigan, which only had four players classified in the top tier of prospects. So the situation in Ann Arbor is this. People have asked me, I know some people there very close, 
to the program uh, in Michigan, in Arbor. I'm a fan of Jim Harbaugh's. Here's the situation that he's losing on. He's not winning in the uh, living rooms, in the kitchens, for some reason. You know, you've got Nick Saban winning. You've got uh, Ryan Day winning. But for whatever reason, Michigan is not drawing the top players that they once did. And you wonder, uh, is Harbaugh need to get more involved? Is he involved enough? I know that he does a lot of uh, meetings with the players, and he's a player's coach. But you wonder why it's not resonating, why he's not getting these five-star kids coming through. We've gone on record on the Sports King show. It's not always X's and O's. It's more than ever Johnny's and Joe's. You have to have the right mix of Johnny's and Joe's to win at the D1 level. And Jim Harbaugh should know that better than anybody. But for some reason, his recruiting has fallen off. And that's the one area that I always felt Harbaugh would win. And that's why I felt his teams are always going to be at the top in terms of an opportunity to win a national championship because of his ability to relate with parents and with kids. But for whatever reason, it's not working. So my take on this it's good for kids. I mean, if you have an opportunity, say you're a sophomore running back, you've had a great campaign, and you put your name in the draft, and they say, listen, you're going to be a late first-round pick, you have to ask yourself, uh, running backs have very short shelf lives. Do you want to go ahead and leave college for the big payday if you're you know, ready to go and if you're thought of highly? Or if they say, well, you're not a first-round late pick, you're maybe a fifth-round late pick, then you say to yourself, maybe I'll go back for my junior year and see if I can improve my stock. I mean, that's a situation you have to ask yourself. What do you do in those situations? Do you stay or do you go? And if you have an opportunity to put your name in, because now if you go into the draft, once you sign those letters and those documents, you can't take it back, and that's what he's saying. It's one of those things where – you want to basically have the opportunity to test the waters and come back should things not work in your direction. So uh, it's a situation that uh, we will keep our eye on in terms of that. And uh, Harbaugh has had problems. Let's face it, Ohio State has been his nemesis. And one of those things where you wonder what's going to happen with him. How long will the act where in Ann Arbor until they say enough's enough? He's a favorite son there, of course, had a great career there has had a great pro career, has had a great college career. But you wonder from a coaching standpoint how how much uh, in terms of the time will be left in terms of the fans in Ann Arbor saying we've seen this enough, he's not going to get it done, we need to go elsewhere for another coach. We do want to let you know, moving on to the NFL, former Miami Dolphins running back Mark Walton has been charged with battery against a pregnant woman that uh, was dropped Um Walton had his aggravated battery charge against a pregnant woman dropped by the state of Florida on Wednesday. Attorney Mark Gottlieb told multiple news outlets that Florida has dropped the case following a month-long investigation. In November, Walton was accused of pushing a woman who he found out was carrying his child days earlier against the wall and punching her several times in the face or head, according to the Davie Police report obtained by USA Today Sports. The Dolphins waived the 23-year-old shortly after his arrest. The Miami native remains a free agent, but league spokesman Brian McCarthy told ESPN potential discipline is still under review. Walton was arrested three times between January and March of last year, which preceded his April 2019 release from the Cleveland Browns. He was cut halfway through a four-game suspension by the league for violating the conduct and substance abuse policy. So here's the deal. You've got people in the NFL that are working to help young men like this that are having problems. But when you see a repeated problem with the drug use and then the suspensions and then you're potentially punching women, and then, of course, it gets uh, rescinded for whatever reason, 
you wonder, because there's an asterisk with this guy, you wonder if from a standpoint of a guy you want to have on your team, you look at what he's done in his history. And, you know, some teams will make excuses for a player and keep bringing him in over and over and over. But if you see enough of this, it gets to a point where you're like, wow, I've seen enough. We don't need to go down this path anymore. And there has to be something among the NFL where they say, you know what, we have to have quality among the players we have. We have to have some character aspects and make sure that we have good community guys, not just good players. It's got to be the full situation there. So if you're a GM, you have to interview these guys and say, look, you know, you've had some shady deals. You've had some things go wrong. You've got a suspect uh, aspect to your reputation. Are you going to be a guy coming in here and you're going to be a guy that does things right, the right way, or are you going to be somebody that's going to do something that's going to run afoul of the law? And if you're consistently in trouble, we can't use you. So you got to really lay the law down, and hopefully things like this will become a thing of the past. We know there's still going to be issues, but – this guy has a checkered past, and he just got off of this charge, but he's had multiple charges against him, so we don't know where it's going to go from there, but we'll keep our eye on that as well. Former Green Bay Packers quarterback Brett Favre said there's a stark dis- difference between when his former organization drafted future MVP Aaron Rodgers in 2005 when he was a starter and when the team selected Jordan Love, the 2020 NFL draft with, the, with Rodgers on the roster. Favre went on record saying, I think when I look at the situation with Aaron and my situation, yes, it's very similar, he told the Wisconsin State Journal, but there's a big difference. There were several plays away from the Super Bowl this year when we drafted Aaron. That wasn't the case. Favre was 35 years of age when Rodgers was drafted, nearly as old as Rodgers, who turned 36 in December, when Love was drafted. The Packers finished 10-6 and in 2004 before Rodgers went number 24 in 2005's draft. The franchise hasn't appeared in the NFC title game since 1997. At that point, Green Bay went 13-3 in 2019 and reached the NFC championship with Rodgers under center. When his contract gets close to running out, it will also be running out for Jordan Love, Favre said. At that point, do you re-up Aaron for a few more years for 40 or $50 million, or do you go with the young guy and give him a new deal? I just don't see the young guy getting a new blockbuster deal without ever proving himself. So basically he's saying that Hey, I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. And those two used to have a little friction between them. But Rodgers, who has four more years on his contract, completed 62% of his passes in 2019 and threw for 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns with only four interceptions. He led the NFL in lowest interception percentage at .07. So uh, Aaron Rodgers, still a lot of gas in the tank, a guy that could still win championships. He is an excellent player. A-Rod is doing it there. And I know he wasn't very happy about that draft pick, but – uh, Love is going to learn from him, but A-Rod definitely needs more offensive help, and they just didn't do it for whatever reason. We're going to come back. We've got about 12 minutes left in the show. Take your phone calls as well, 804-327-0888. Don't go away. We'll be right back on the Thursday edition of the Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Tuck Hamilton, head coach and general manager of your D.C. Defenders. You are listening to the Sports King Show with Jamie King on Sports 1061. Go Defenders. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. 
Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, GM at CMA's Colonial Honda. It's no secret that we are in uncharted waters, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid because we are doing everything we can to keep our dealership clean and offering delivery services to minimize exposure. We've also opened a helpline for assistance of any kind, including grocery or medication pickup. Please call our CMA helpline at 434-220-8885. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com to learn more. CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward. Want to reach the Sports King? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it. And good Thursday morning heading to the 12 o'clock time slot. Jim Rome getting ready to take it. And run with it at noon right here, Los Angeles, California, the site, the jungle. Don't forget, it's Big Al, our leadoff hitter here. Been doing it for a long time. Sports phone with Big Al, 8 to 10 live on Sports 1061. Of course, Ben Maitland alongside doing double duty for all of us. We welcome Chris Bosha, Ricky Cunningham, Joni Daly, Bill McGregor, just tuning in on Facebook Live. I uh, want to let you know the situation with Cam Newton. And people ask me about this. I get texts all day. Do you really think he's going to come to D.C.? Do you think it's a possibility? I keep saying it could be because of Ron Rivera's relationship with him. But one of the issues and people talk about with Cam Newton is the fact that if you sign him, you're signing a guy that has had many surgeries, and he's had as many surgeries as he has games played the past 16 months. When you look at it, it becomes especially important uh, that he gets his physical Newton, of course, has taken uh, 317 more hits than any other quarterback since 2011. 317 more hits has uh, Cam Newton sustained. So he's been beaten up pretty badly. He needs to go to a team. So the question with Cam Newton, do you want to go play for the Redskins with an offensive line that's really not going to remind you of any of the greats out there? But So you wonder that. Uh, you're also going to have to see Cam Newton in person. Right now, Cam Newton can't be seen because of the coronavirus situation. So you wonder if you're going to put down a lot of money on a guy that you can't see in an in-person physical, which are still prohibited right now. You're certainly not going to sign him sight unseen. One NFL personnel man said of Newton, this is a quarterback who has a right shoulder injury um, or a shoulder injury over uh, that he has to work on as far as a foot injury as well. He had shoulder surgery following the 2018 season, his second in two years. The Panthers kept telling everyone through 2019 that the shoulder was fine. It was his left foot. He underwent surgery to repair a Liz Frank injury in December. It cost him pretty much the entire season. Uh, running has been the biggest part of Cam Newton's uh, aspect in terms of quarterback that makes him so lethal. No quarterback in NFL history has more games with both both a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown than Newton's 39. If his foot is injured, it stands to reason that he won't be the same runner as he's always been. So if you make Cam one-dimensional just throwing the football, it really kills the RPO. And it's a situation where you have to say what makes Cam Newton Cam is the fact that he's ability to be multi-threat type of an athlete. So you wonder about his extension. This is where the problem lies with the Redskins. Okay, his last contract extension was in 2015, a five-year deal worth $103 million. It sounded like a big deal at the time, but by today's standard, the average of $20.6 million a year is more reasonable for a starting quarterback, especially one who could win the, uh, would win the MVP just a few months after signing it, as Newton did. The reason the Panthers cut him wasn't 
only financial. He'd have cost him $19.1 million in non-guaranteed salary and $21.1 million against their salary cap this year, which is a bargain for 31-year-old Newton if he's healthy. The Panthers moved on because, as we've already discussed, they weren't sure he would be healthy and because they weren't planning to extend him and rule and fix things under head coach Matt Rule, the new coach there. Now you've got Teddy Bridgewater there. He signed a three-year, $63 million deal with $33 million guaranteed. So it looks like Cam is sitting there twisting in the wind. So you wonder if the Redskins bring him in and make an offer to him. It could be under market value. So that's the question. Nobody is going to take him right now as a starter because you can't see his shoulder. You can't see his foot. You don't know how well he's going to adapt. So the question is going to be, what is his value? And the more time goes by, less the phone rings, the value goes down. So you wonder what's going to happen. Would he accept a role as a backup? I don't expect him to do that. I've seen some film on him. Uh, 17 teams have drafted 18 quarterbacks in the first round over the past five years. So every team has a fit, except maybe Washington, where you have two guys that are basically rookies. You've got Dwayne Haskins last year signed, and then, of course, Kyle Allen. So he's not going to New England, it looks. It looks like D.C. could be a landing spot. But then again, we've heard about San Diego, but you got Tyrod Taylor and they just drafted Oregon's Justin Herbert, so that might not be the spot either. I still think Washington, if we can get the value and get the price down for Cam and get him in here to compete, if I'm him, I could say, man, I could beat those two guys. I mean, he has the ability to win if he's right, uh, the starting job in Washington. I would think you'd say, fall on your sword, call Ron Rivera and say, you know what, coach, I'm going to come in there. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to earn the job. I'm the old Cam. I can do it. I can be an MVP again. I can basically pick up and help you win right away. So if you're Ron Rivera, you say maybe if I pay him something, but not everything he wants, back end uh, the the incentives on his contract, maybe it's a good move for the Redskins. I think it could be. Uh, it's a situation we're going to monitor and keep you up to date right here on the Sports King Show. In our final minute, want to let you know, please contact your local uh, Red Cross in terms of the do- blood donations, desperate need blood donations, folks. Of course, help your neighbors out if you can afford to donate anything. And of course, we have done an amazing job on the feedrichmond.org site. Please go to feedrichmond.org. Over $60,000 raised. Just amazing the money that's been raised for this. It's uh, 60,000 meals. It's been amazing in terms of what's happened for the people throughout Central Virginia just by the donations. $1. Four meals for $1, so every dollar counts. Thank you so much, folks. And we hope you have a great Thursday heading into Friday. We've got a weekend in NASCAR coming up. We're going to get into that more tomorrow and some excitement coming. Keep your heads up. Stay positive. For Ben Maitland and the Sports King, Jamie King, have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow for the Friday edition of the Sports King on Sports 1061.